Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips, brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Carter, and I'm here with a new co-host tonight. I'm here with Lyle Avis. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? I feel fancy, man. I got a co-host title tonight. I I was excited, you know, to do this first full-length episode with you tonight, but now we're, uh, we've, we've shifted, shifted fire a little bit, now we're doing a tips episode, but... Yeah, you've you've been promoted to co-host. That's fancy. I have to get a name tag. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to Luke. We all need name tags. I agree. Um, yeah, so Lyle uh, has been on the podcast before, Hunt Lift Eat team member and uh, owner and operator of Schmavis Big Game Recovery or Schmavis Outdoors, right? Yep, yep. You can find you can find us on e- either one of those. Brings it up. Lean towards Big Game Recovery now, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, big uh, big tracking dog guy, big uh, big game recovery kind of guy, deer and hogs, primarily, right, Lyle? Yeah, I mean we lean lean towards deer, and we get some hogs every once in a while. Um, being down here next to military base, a lot of guys come from places in the country that don't have pigs, so when they shoot a big one, you know they they want to find it. But most of the locals, I wouldn't get a call from them. But a lot of the guys come from out of town, want to make sure they find that big one. A lot of deer, a lot of deer tracking down here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and, you know, we wanted to jump on here and talk about kind of uh, a couple tips for tracking that you could maybe uh, lay on some listeners here, man. And this is kind of going to lead us into a full length podcast we're going to do. Um, we're riding high from the HLE team rendezvous, the first, the inaugural Team the inaugural, um, and you, but it wasn't a rage. Yeah, and you taught a seminar up. Yeah, and you taught a seminar up there, man, and uh, it was freaking awesome. And I don't want to get too much into it because I want to talk about it on the full length. But do you want to talk a little bit about the rendezvous and kind of your experience and what you did? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we've talked about on here before that I've been kind of hanging out with the HLE crowd from the from the beginning, but this first rendezvous came up and Luke was talking to me about it and telling me to come out. And at first I wasn't going to be able to make it. So, um, it was just kind of, everything fell into place and then he came up and somebody canceled at the same time. And he was like, Hey man, I need you. I was like, ah, okay. I guess I'll go have fun with the boys on a weekend, you know? So came up there, put together a little bit of a, a little seminar, a couple hours worth of class, uh, where we just kind of talked about uh, sh- like basically your shot side analysis, right? After you take that shot, after that arrow flies, um, what you're looking at on the ground and then how that translates to, you know, w- your chances of recovery. And then based on that chance of recovery, if you're going to call a dog, what, what do you need to do in preparation for that dog to come out? I tried to, I tried to set it up since there wasn't a lot of people there, obviously with tracking dogs, it wasn't a tracking dog seminar. So I tried to kind of spin it into something that would be helpful to the hunting community that played off a of kind of, you know, my specialty with the uh, hit side analysis kind of stuff. So it worked out great, man. I thought it was, a, it was a great class, great weekend too, hanging out in that little spot. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was freaking awesome, man. And beautiful place to do it. And, I like uh, classes that I can drink Miller Lights during, so that was a 
you know, two thumbs up on my side of things. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, I kind of felt like we were playing like a little forensics, like a little CSI action kind of there. Yeah, Yeah, we did. We definitely got a little CSI on it, but it was good. Checking out the arrow, take that arrow and turn it into whatever, you know, that scenario was going to look like. But yeah, the rendezvous was fantastic, man. And that seminar was, was unbelievable. And we wanted to kind of hit on a couple tips, you know, as people are thinking about fall hunting seasons people are prepping people are shooting bows people are getting excited we're getting closer and closer to the hunting season and we wanted to hit some some tips of uh some tracking right from that seminar that you did um yeah you know like we talked about at the seminar if i I had to tell guys one thing like hey there's one thing you can do to set yourself up for success before you even think you're gonna have to call a dog just don't walk on the trail that's it. Stay off to the side of the blood trail. It sounds fairly common sense, but I mean, I've even caught myself doing it. I'm looking straight at the blood trail and I'm walking right down the line. Um, you know, cause you, you get that blood on you or even on the side of your pants and you're tracking it around in circles. And now the dog has to distinguish where the deer was, where the blood was, where you were and where the blood on you went. And then, you know, when you get to the end of, uh, you get to the end where you start to do a little grid search, you know, you're down to your last couple drops and you don't see your deer. Well, now that dog is going to cover every bit that you just grid searched and walked in circles. Uh, so that, that would be my number one. And even if there's no blood, you can kind of tell like if there's a deer trail and you think that deer went down that trail. Well, even without no blood on the trail, don't walk on the trail, man, you know, stay off to the side, walk down the side and you'll be all right. The same thing, you're picking up that individual gland scent on your boots. Do you find a lot of guys mess that up when you show up to help track? Oh, yeah. And I I can usually tell you exactly when it's happened, especially if the dog's going straight line right down the trail and on my GPS and I can see her stop and start to do a lot of clover leaves and circles around in a spot. And I can look at the guy and usually be like, yep. That's where he lost the blood trail, and that's where he started doing his grid search, you know, because they just stomped yeah. all over it. And the dog will do a bunch of circles and a bunch yeah. of loops, and then once she figures it out, whoop, back to straight line again. It's not a showstopper, but it's definitely going to slow, you know, the process down. Add a 10, 15-minute worth of loops and circles in there that we didn't need to do, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> that's probably number Unrelated, that's probably number but – Unrelated, but do you find guys like panic um, in the evening when it starts getting nighttime and will be more apt to stomp around and mess up a track because it's dark, just like losing sight? I don't know. I don't I don't know if I would say stomp. I, I guess I would say there's a lot more zigzag because I think people circle back on their own track a lot more at night if they shot a deer in the evening. You'll see a lot more circling back, but I also yeah. get called a lot f- faster in the evening. So, what somebody right. during the day might have spent a couple hours looking for at night, they'll tend to call it quicker and and give me a call before they normally would if it was daylight out. You know, so it's kind of a mixed bag on that end. 
I mean, that's probably why yeah. our success like, rates at night are usually a little higher even, you know, because people are calling quicker deer bay up a little easier at night than they do in the daytime. They don't tend to want to run as far. They feel a little more secure. Like, I know you said this at the seminar. You you said, I like tracking at night. I hate it. I freaking hate it so much. Sometimes I like won't even shoot a deer if it's getting like real dark because I do not like it. I, I just, yeah, like well, I mean, I lose all, confidence. I like running the dog. I like running the dog at night. Right. I don't like tracking it myself at night, you know, cause <laughs> like I said, that, that deer's going to feel a whole lot more secure, a lot faster, uh, in the dark. Typically they're not going to go as far. And then when they do bay up or the dogs do get on them, they typically want to stand their ground a little more than, you know, during the, the daytime, our tracks are usually a lot shorter at night. Uh, everything just seems to come together except for the fact that it's dark out. And I actually think that finding blood at night is a little easier because it can kind of catch the glint, you know, of my headlamp mm. a little easier than, than daytime. But that's if it's fresh, if it's, we're talking an 18 hour old track and then at night and everything's dried up, then it kind of goes back to hard to see, but fresh blood in the, at night with a headlamp is usually kind of stands out. Yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, another tip that I think was really cool when you, uh, did your class was you were like, if this scenario happens, you know, a good chance. I'm not, if I'm busy, I'm not coming. You just got moved down the list of priorities. Yeah. So we talked to, you know, there's a, there's a couple of them really. And you know, when we start to get busy, you got to do a little bit of triage in the call because I'm, you know, I don't want to miss two high potential recovery calls to, you know, knock out one that I already off the bat feel like it's not going to happen, you know? So that, High back whack, um, high back shot is usually one that if I'm busy or think I'm going to get busy, I'm probably not going to go. You know, I even have the YouTube link to a great video uh, that explains like what, how a back whack works and what happened. And I'll usually send that to them. I'm like, did your deer look like this? And they'll be like, yep, that's it. Don't worry about it, man. You know, (laughs) but then I'll get some guys who are, who will be like, no, it was a nice buck. Let's try. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm coming if you want me to come. But, you know, I'll, I'll probably try to do a little expectation management, you know. Um, and that's that high back. Right. That's you shoot the Let deer and it easy. dropped instantly like it was, you know, dropped instantly like it was dead. I've had people send me pictures, be like, hey, this is what the deer looked like in the middle of my field. And then I went to get the side by side and it wasn't there when I came back. You know, they'll usually get up and kind of shake their head act a little bit drunk and stumble off, fall down. But then once they pull themselves back together, man, they're, they're perfectly fine. A lot of times we're not going to catch those and we're definitely not going to find them dead. They're just going to, they'll just take off. I think that other one that we were talking about was, uh, like a minimal penetration shoulder shots, right? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, if I get that mineral minimal penetration shoulder shot, um, it's the same kind of thing. If I'm busy, I probably tell you that it's not, you know, worth running through the woods and chasing all your deer around. Um, if they really want me to come out, you know, again, we'll do a little expectation management, uh, and I'll come out if they really want me to, but 
I hate I hate it when I go out there and I feel like I just showed up, shook him down for some money, walked the dog and left, you know, and I, I don't ever want anybody to feel like that just happened to him. So I really try to make sure that we do some some management and I really try to talk to him and be like, hey, this is what I think happened. You know, it's not a super high likelihood of recovery, but if you want to, we'll give it a look. And, uh, you know, that's yeah. kind of telltale by the mangled broadhead you know, only a few inches of blood up the, up the arrow or they found the arrow, you know, 10, 15 yards down. It's usually not good. And I've spent many, many, many hours running through the woods, chasing a shoulder shot deer that just was never going to stop. And we were hoping to get lucky, you know? Yeah. And not to unveil all the secrets, but the last thing that I thought was a really good tip that you gave was like the, Oh, there's a, you know, there's a pile of blood on this track. Yeah. It's, it's right here. Like he's got to be dead right up, you know, right up the trail. Uh, you had a really good tip for that and good perspective. Yeah. So I get it a lot where they'll be like, man, I had a, you know, pool of blood the size of a dinner plate. And then when you get there and you go look at it, there's a big area of blood on the ground, but the blood's made up of, you know, hundreds of small dropper, you know, like eyedropper size drops of blood. And, you know, that doesn't tell me that deer was bleeding real good. That told me that he stopped and stood there for a while, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And he was just dripping. And those little drops of blood come as the blood is kind of running through the hair and dripping off of the hair rather than directly like pumping out of the out of the wound. And you'll see that in you know all your hunting videos when you hit a good shot and the whole blood comes out in a big squirt. It doesn't come out in tiny little droplets. It's a whole, you know, string of blood coming out at once. It's going to make a line or a big splatter, not necessarily the tiny little droplets. But I, I, I most of the time somebody says, "Hey, I man, I got a dinner size plate size, you know, pool of blood." It's almost always those drops because if that deer was really bleeding to have that much blood on the ground. You would have found it yourself. You know, you wouldn't have been, we wouldn't even be talking. Yep. Yep. People don't see that too often. They don't, they don't think about that, but now that I've seen it enough, I can almost tell you exactly, you know, what's going on. Just when you get there and you see the tiny little eyedropper blood, you're like, ah, not good. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully this will be helpful to some of our listeners as I know I can't be the only one who is uh, thinking about fall hunting season already, man. It's it's about time. You and I were just talking about how hot it's been and, you know, I'm ready for some cooler weather and to get in the woods, man. Well, I'm not I'm not looking forward to that early archery, Georgia. It's so hot, man. It's so hot in hot. September. Hot, dude. I'll Dude, find myself in a tree going, really what am I doing? Like I reevaluate my life yeah. decisions a lot in September. It's pouring sweat. Yeah. Setting up there with no shirt on and my Crocs with my pants that can <laughs> unzip into shorts. You know what I mean? I'm like, God, what am I doing? Makes me rethink my life decisions. Yep. yep. Hell yeah. Well, cool. Uh, hopefully, you know, listeners tune in. Um, for the full length episode where we talk about Lyle's tracking, um, classes and some other tracking tips that he's got up his sleeve. And, you know, as always listeners, we appreciate the hell out of you guys and we'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you later.